0: This is the R York Media Podcast, an audio and video production that features the good news makers of York County, Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Rebecca Hanlon. This episode is the first in a special series on workforce development in York County. It's sponsored in part by Continental Paper Grading Company, one of the largest independent waste paper brokers in the United States and Canada. We appreciate CPG's support of this production so that we can bring to light important topics and impact our community. So today we have Kevin Treiber and Zuli Pinos of the YCEA. They're here to talk to us about Pathways to Prosperity, which is the official uh, county initiative to to look at workforce development in this this area. So, thanks guys.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks, thank yeah, thanks for having
0: us. <laughs> <laughs> so, can you give us an overview? It's it's a topic that's been talked about for a little bit now, but we we really want to kind of a- encapsulate the need for workforce development in your county. So, when did mm-hmm. the YCEA really start to notice that okay, there there's problems on the horizon that we we're, we're going to need to be addressed?
1: It goes back several years now that the YCEA created an Office of Workforce Development. That might have probably been in 2000. Yeah, I think it was around, so call it 2008, 2009. And then really that we've uh, dedicated a significant time and resource and attention to the matter within the past year. It was probably April or May of last year um, when Tony Campisi, Gladfelter Insurance, had actually, at his uh, encouragement, had hosted a lunch um that really turned out to be a strategic planning session. We actually enlisted the support of uh, Patrick Ball, mm. who is a known consultant in York County and we had in the room um, a majority of our school district superintendents. we had all of higher education represented. we had um, a lot of uh, industry uh, business leaders from our major industry employers and we had our workforce development partners. so we had, All of those people in a room together, and we spent the time through a facilitated process really creating a strategic plan that has gone on to become Pathways to Prosperity, which is really that countywide workforce development plan, um, because it is so vital of an issue. And it is on the top, you know, it's probably the top priority of most businesses Mm -hmm. that we talk to. If not, it's certainly in the top three of priorities. And that became very relevant and uh, clear to us as we were going out and meeting with companies. So we had taken those efforts uh, in spring of last year and really over the course of these past 12 months have been working on getting this plan, Pathways to Prosperity, up and running.
0: So 2008, we're we're talking 10 Mm -hmm. plus years ago, what did it look like then?
1: Well, if you can put yourself back into the the mindset of 2008, this was economic recession. Mm -hmm. Um, So vastly different economy, vastly different time, uh, certainly for your county economy. Um, But I think at that point, if you, again, kind of position yourself back in 08, your county's population was growing pretty strongly. Mm -hmm. Our housing market was doing incredibly well pre 08. And then the recession hits Uh, Obviously, that impacted uh, businesses across the board, impacted housing construction, impacted our population, impacted employment. And that really trailed in York County. So we felt that effect kind of in 9, 10, and 11, and then obviously several years after. So it's interesting now that you look at it 11 years later, and our economy is in a vastly different place than it was in 2009, you know, Mm post-recession, or as we were hitting the depths of that recession. And this is still an issue. Um, it's almost a, a, it's almost kind of a, like perversely a good problem to have in that our economy is doing so well. We're at 3.9% unemployment in Pennsylvania. We're at 3.4% unemployment in York County. Um, but we just have a, a massive labor shortage. I mean, this is just a shortage of people. Mm-hmm. And then you compound that with a retirement wave of uh, probably up to 20,000 people in York County in the next decade. And we know that the millennials who are coming in online now into the, into the professional setting are not necessarily going to pick up the jobs that people are retiring from. So we know that there's just an overall change in the skills uh, and the labor force. We know that the labor and the uh, e- economic makeup of our industries in your County is going to continue to change and be dynamic. So now we're trying to capture all of these factors that impact our economic competitiveness in your County and the health of our economy. And try to align them as best as possible.
0: So industries that are impacted, it sounds like it's just about everybody.
1: Right now, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, don't...
2: I mean, manufacturing and in across our county, manufacturing is, is our largest industry at almost 20% of our workforce and, and output. So that's always one that we're often hearing from first, that there's a the need for machine operators, just the initial front-end entry-level positions, um, whether it's a uh, whether it's something that they are looking for skilled labor or just for someone that will have access and will be able to show up and to stay there on an ongoing basis. So we're hearing from both ends of they're having difficulties attracting but also retaining. Mm. So that's also been something that's been added into the conversation of really enhancing the trades to make it a little bit more attractive to a younger generation or someone that may not have thought that they could be in a trades position. Yeah. So if you could paint a picture for us, uh, uh, a
0: local business, Mm -hmm. how does this hurt them to have the need for for skilled labor and and no one to fill it? What does Uh, that do to them?
1: Well, it delays productivity for sure. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think if you put yourself into the mindset of any business in any of our major industries in York County, whether it's manufacturing, construction, healthcare, um, hospitality, service, First and foremost, when there's a shortage of people, um, it's taking you much longer to fill positions. It's very much a job seekers market right mm-hmm. now um, because there are more jobs available than there are people. Right. Um, so you're seeing the time that you have an open position to a filled position taking a little bit longer. Um, we're, off, we're seeing a lot of poaching that's occurring in the market now where you're just hiring from other competitors, basically. Yeah. Um, businesses are uh, increasing labor rates, the wage rates, so we are actually seeing a byproduct being, you know, it's, we're starting to see incremental growth in the wage rates, particularly in the middle class economy mm. right now, which is the first time that we've really seen significant growth of that. Um, so, it, it, and it just draws in a level of uncertainty um, and, in, and kind of instability. Um, and again, you compound that with people retiring and leaving the workforce or the ability for York County as a region or central Pennsylvania to attract and retain young people. So it's it's just introducing a whole new level of factors. And then you have the good problem that businesses are have uh, a lot of activity right now. So yeah. they're doing quite well. And if they can't meet the demands that they're actually turning work away or they're you know, slower at on-time delivery. So it it, it, it is really, uh, and we're not trying to, this is not hyperbolic or we're not, right. you know, yeah. Saying panic buttons, but this is really a significant challenge. And uh, again, Suli and I have been out on many a business call where we're just meeting with our you know businesses across the industries, and I don't think we've met one where it's not been an issue.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, what's the ripple effect of of that if that continues? Uh,
1: Good question. Um, I think, uh, kind of paint, paint a picture from a from a just straight statistics perspective, because I always think it's it's interesting facts and figures mm-hmm. that most York Countyans, again, because they're not living this uh, on a daily right. aspect, they're not really, um, it's, it's not on their radar. But first and foremost, Pennsylvania as a state, we have the 18th largest economy in the world. Mm-hmm. So our state's economy is larger than most small countries. So when you think of it that way, first and foremost, it kind of puts in perspective yeah. that we are a very big state. We have well beyond Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. It's all 67 counties that have considerable, tremendous economic output. York County alone, we have a GDP of about $16 billion, so York County vastly contributes to that overall economic picture for Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. and obviously our proximity to major markets in central Pennsylvania certainly plays a role in that. We have a population about, we're rounding here, but 450,000 in population. Mm -hmm. We've got, what, about 235,000 that are actively in the workforce. Um, That are able to be employed. And of that, what are we at? 226,000 are employed. So we have, what's that? 9,000 people that are unemployed, Mm -hmm. give or take. So we have to figure out now, why are those 9,000 people unemployed? And how do we get them employed? Mm -hmm. Some may be unskilled, some may have barriers to employment. Um, we recently worked with the Federal Reserve out of Philadelphia to conduct a study and assessment of transportation barriers in, in York County. Okay. Um, and not surprising, we found that our mass transit system does not adequately support the needs of our employees on getting to work in a timely fashion. Mm-hmm. So the average commute time in York County is about 25 minutes. The average commute by mass transit...
2: It's about two hours. Two hours.
1: Okay. So it's it is, and I don't think most people don't realize that there are actually people that don't have a car Mm -hmm. in this day and age. So if you're living right here in East York and having to get to ES three up on 83 and you don't have a vehicle and you can't get a ride or you can't afford an Uber, um, it's, you know, it's going to take you two hours and maybe a transfer. So just thinking things like that. So we have to, so we've worked to try to get to a micro level of what are those barriers to getting those individuals employed? Because that's, roughly just shy of ten thousand people that we could introduce into the workforce today Mm -hmm, we have to figure out why um child care has come up as an issue um child care being a barrier Uh, criminal records we maybe you've heard of that uh, is talked about in the news most recently i guess it was a couple years ago that the uh, general assembly and the governor signed into law an expungement process for certain misdemeanors Mm -hmm. so it's it's a step in the right direction it doesn't address felonies at this point But it is, for misdemeanors, we're in the process now of having our fourth expungement clinic in partnership with our County Bar Association Um, coming up the end of June. Check out our website if you want information on it, but it will help you. If you qualify for an expungement, it will give you a free pathway to get your record cleared. And that's with the uh, gratis support of our uh, York County attorneys. Mm -hmm. And our county bench has waived the application fee if you go through this process. So that's one more step that we're taking just to try to remove those barriers. But the ripple effect, as you started the question, is um, this impacts our economic competitiveness as a region. And make no mistake, and Suli had mentioned, I mean, manufacturing is our number one employer right now. 18% of our workforce is in manufacturing. That's nearly twice the state national average. That's a very big deal. And the manufacturing economic ripple effect is considerable. Healthcare is quickly on its toes and it's, it's kind of gaining traction, and that will overtake manufacturing very likely in the near future as yeah. the number one employer in York County. Um, it's already the number one industry in Pennsylvania. The number one employer in Pennsylvania is UPMC with mm-hmm. 75,000 employees. Um, number one employer in central Pennsylvania in York County is WellSpan Health. It's 19,100. So it, it has a tremendous ripple effect if, if our businesses and our organizations and these industries can't keep pace with the work that they have to do because they'll go elsewhere and jobs in this day and age we have decades of data that support this jobs really follow people and if you looked at that amazon proposal when they put it out to the world of building a second headquarters now make no mistake they asked about incentives and they looked at what communities were willing to put on the table for them but they were more interested in access to 50,000 readily available trained technology sector employees. So it was more based on the workforce than it was in the sense of community than it was necessarily the cash involved.
0: Are other
2: areas, I I think it
0: has been talked about on a national level, like there are issues here, but how do we kind of compare with other places? Do you know?
2: I mean, I I would say it's an issue across the nation where we're hearing that the need for skills and for trades. um, I know that we... In terms of of unemployment, we're doing a little bit better um, than some other communities, but other communities are being asked to have some of these similar efforts. Where we've been able to share some of the information of this is what it takes to bring together community, industry, and education into mm-hmm. one sec- in, into one conversation to have to have this type of dialogue. Um, Governor Wolf has been incredibly supportive of workforce development and established earlier this year a command center Mm -hmm. um, where he was bringing also industry leaders, education, and administrative officials to the table to have those conversations of how do we really provide those skills. So I know similarly they've been meeting with other um, leaders across the nation uh, to have these types of conversations. So talk to us a little bit about how then Pathways to
0: Prosperity came together. So obviously Mm -hmm. this is a conversation that has been going on for quite a few years. Um, when did the idea for that kind of come together? What was that conversation?
1: I, actually, I think through our strategic planning effort back in 2017, when our organization did its own strategic plan, we focus grouped our superintendents, our school superintendents, and they said that they would love better access to the business community, specifically kind of our major industry leaders. And that prompted at least the thought process then of getting them in a room together. Mm-hmm. And and then that led to getting some workforce partners in the room and higher education in the room. And it just kind of grew organically as a result. And I think on parallel track to that was the discussion that we've had with every business in your County that essentially is saying workforce is the number one issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it, it evolved organically, at least at the impetus, was that we wanted to get our superintendents and our business leaders in the room together, and we knew that there's uh, there's a gap between um, the the students that are graduating and the skills needed to walk right into a job today. Yeah. We also know that the pendulum swing has occurred where it's at least safe to say that maybe not everyone needs a four year degree, and that 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 you know really at the end of the day, the goal of pathways to prosperity is to develop that master Venn diagram of warm handoffs mm-hmm. from a student ideally at least in middle school now, but ideally sooner than that, but at least to start middle school till employment, whatever that pathway may be, whether it takes them on a four-year degree, whether it takes them Mm -hmm. um, to an associate's degree, whether it takes them on to study their doctorate, Mm -hmm. or they step right into the workforce tomorrow after walking across the stage at a high school commencement. um, We want to better identify what we need to do as a community to identify what their pathway to employment is and how we can help them along that way and particularly those where we know that there are likely more challenges to stable employment. And you had asked, um, how do we stack up against other communities? I think everyone in America is chasing this right now, and Mm -hmm. we're all reactive and trying to play catch-up quickly. Um, We tried to look at other community models to see if there are best practices out there. Admittedly, we didn't really find a whole heck of a lot. I mean, there's other communities that are probably in the same – Time frame that we're at right now where we're really building a foundational level, but there was no panacea community out there that has solved workforce development. So I think we're all learning and we're all trying to move as fast as possible. But we also know, not in just the data that I shared earlier, but we know that there are other populations, um, historically disenfranchised communities, our minority population, our income population, low income population, who we know have much more of a struggle. So while unemployment is at a historic all-time low for York County and Pennsylvania, we know that's not the case for some of those uh, specific populations. Mm-hmm. So we need to do a better job also figuring out how to better serve those populations that historically have, been, um, have not uh, kept pace with the rest of the country economically. What,
0: is, what does that look like so far?
1: a whole lot of outreach
2: <laughs> certainly i mean the the fact that we've have over 40 partners and these are some of the groups that are meeting on the front lines with some of the groups the mi- minority and historical just in front um, we've been able to have some of those conversations like the expungement clinic that we're having later on in the month mm-hmm. of June That's uh, extremely focused with the re population And not only are we having the expungement clinic But we're bringing employers that have specifically told us that they hire individuals with criminal records mm-hmm. So there'll be an attendance there So while they're waiting to meet with the attorneys one-on-one They can go in and find an opportunity And we're intentionally hosting this somewhere centrally located by bus We're having it at Crispus Attucks Uh, community center on in south george street and it's a it's an organization that's known for serving a population that often um isn't isn't served or connecting being able to connect them with their the resources so a whole heck of a lot of outreach and just bringing being able to have those conversations where we have um representation from minority business groups uh latinos unidos we have the black ministers association that's been incredibly supportive of all of these initiatives and really just making sure that we're intentional with with our outreach and the work that we're trying to convey
1: i mean i was gonna say i mean literally sully and some of our staff were physically like dropping literature flyers off for career fairs and expungement clinics so i mean we've taken um Very, very grassroots of just trying to get the message out and trying to better communicate. And thank you again for doing podcast series like this. Um, Just trying to uh, better communicate and broadcast the services that are out there and the work that we're doing just to try to better align populations, you know, the the job seeker with the uh, employer. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. So the 40 partners that are part of the Mm -hmm. uh, Pathways to Prosperity, what kind of role do they each play in that initiative?
1: First and foremost, hats off to to all of those organizations too, because it's obviously it's a subject that's relevant to them for whatever reason, whatever their purview is. Um, but the fact that we have you know now over forty organizations collaboratively working on this uh, to address this issue is is a is a significant deal. And I'll hand it off to Suli because she has really taken the brunt of trying to organize all of those individuals, and we have a massive. Workforce committee of over 50 some odd people that are meeting on a very regular basis
2: regular, Yes, absolutely. Um, so uh, parallel to the the workforce plan the uh, workforce advisory committee was established and uh, most of the, the, the Partners that are listed on the plan are part of this advisory committee and we've taken um, This larger countywide plan of the eight goals what looking at enhancing the labor labor force addressing barriers to employment really providing the access to skills um, and looking at individuals, if it's more of unemployment versus underemployment, and how do we really have those conversations. But these committees have been this committee was established and then broken into three smaller committees to really tackle on different initiatives. So we have, when we were talking about messaging and what's the outreach that takes place, we have a community awareness subcommittee that was established, and that's their chairs and it's a full uh, full committee. Um, we meet every. We're now meeting every month. Before we were meeting every other week, um, from the beginning of or the beginning of the year, all to get towards our work, the workforce summit that was held under the Pathways to Prosperity plan, okay. um, and that subcommittee really ha- helps with the awareness and outreach. They're the ones telling us these are the groups that you should really make sure that you're letting them know of the work and the resources that are taking place. So there are spokespersons out and about in the community, and that's comprised of a lot of nonprofits. Uh, Community Progress Council, Literacy Council, uh, Crispus Addicts, to help us have the conversations. And we've had success in having the conversation with our education and our business industry leaders. Mm -hmm. We've established an industry education partnership subcommittee as well. Mm -hmm. And that one is tasked to have those conversations of what are the growing skills? What's the growing industry? What could we be doing in the school and in the classroom to address those, to, to prepare a younger generation with the skills that they need or how can we drive partnerships among them because and then the third one was really looking at our, our data and how do we really measure success or what do we want to measure success as mm. is this other uh, subcommittee on data that's been meeting for a couple of months and been helping us one of the deliverables that has been established through our community awareness subcommittee was developing an employer needs survey And that was something that went out um, in the middle of April where we um, just shared it across the county to all of the businesses to try and capture some local information. There's a whole heck of a lot of data out there um, and really when looking at it for local and trying to make recommendations we we knew that there was some, we needed to have something that we can measure locally what are from from wages to what are your unfilled positions what does it look like a year from now so that we can take something um, and say okay this is what we want to work on compare and then similarly later on in the next couple of months we're going to roll out a similar survey but that's geared towards the job seeker population so all of these service agencies that are often hearing from group from individuals looking for assistance with housing, education, childcare, whatnot. We're going to ask them similar questions, and then really trying to do a, a matrix and try and compare like what are the top skills that are needed there, and really have something to move forward to, move forward from, mm-hmm. uh, towards the end of the year. Um, but this is an incredibly dedicated group of volunteers. We can't thank them enough for all the work that they've put. Um, in these meetings and throughout this plan of just helping just drive the conversation. And I think if uh, no other success, the fact that all of these groups have been meeting together and just being being able to establish partnerships among themselves since they've started meeting. Mm -hmm. Um, We know that some groups have been able to bring on some support, additional support to whether it's their boards or events or councils, because of these um, because of these meetings and having everyone in the same room yeah. and we've sort of been able to serve as the convener but I'll, i also say like interpreter and translator because business speaks one language superintendents speak another yeah. Yeah. we're all in our day-to-day world and the fact that they're all coming together and if there was a perfect attendance award they would all get perfect <laughs> attendance award we do uh, have a free pizza to one of them. To one so one of them yeah
1: it is uh i mean there is a, there are incentives mm-hmm. um but yeah. it is an open invitation too and, and it, i mean and there have been people that have joined throughout this process as they've learned about it mm-hmm. and want to play a role we've really just asked that they come with a willingness uh, a mindset for change mm-hmm. um, a willingness to influence the process the system the workforce system if yeah. if, if you could call it that mm-hmm. and and obviously a willingness to roll up your sleeves and, and mm-hmm. help uh help the cause
2: I think that's been one of the more, more successful things, that it's an ongoing, the group just continues to grow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, by word of mouth or someone saying, I'm really interested in learning, come on in. Okay. So the door's always open.
0: I'm curious so far, I know like all of this is still very early on in the process mm-hmm. and kind of learning how to address the needs, but I'm kind of curious if so far there have been things that have happened that have been like really innovative for your county or just, we've done something different that wasn't before. Do you have examples of anything so far that we've tried?
1: I th- I think manufacturing days and construction days um, mm-hmm. are two early successes. I know, um, you know, if you speak with YCAL and the Builders Association mm-hmm. in the future, they could probably highlight this in more yeah. depth. So I'll do a short summary. But basically, it's career exploration at its core. Mm-hmm. Um, it's getting students in high school out of the classroom and into the facility floor or onto a job site to to better understand what manufacturing is. Unfortunately, it still suffers from stigma of being dirty, dingy, dangerous. Right. And just for dudes and, you know, just quite to the contrary, Um, same with construction. It's just trying to expose younger people to the job opportunities Mm -hmm. that exist right here in their backyard. And, you know, we've seen um, some of our employers start their own pre-apprenticeship programs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kinsley is a great example where they're taking students from multiple districts right now in high school, putting them through a pre-apprenticeship program where they're leaving the school building and going and you know going into the kinsley uh education center and actually working um and then that has led to actual jobs for some of the students who have Mm -hmm. graduated and stepped right into a career um those have been a couple early wins certainly expungement clinic and the driver's license restoration i think are great partnerships that have been born of this effort Mm -hmm. what am i missing Sully?
2: Um, really heavy on the training side, there's been work uh, around the healthcare industry from a pre-certified nursing assistant. That's one of the occupations that's mostly needed here in New York County since we have a lot of assisted living facilities. Um, so Crispus Addicts and Community Progress Council have been able to pull together, as well as Crispus Addicts, to pull this, this training program to get individuals ready to go into that into that industry. Um, and finding employers to help offset the cost for the individual as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin mentioned earlier that employers are willing to pay a little bit more upfront right now, from, whether it's sign-on bonuses or higher wages. There's it's, there's been a lot of movement in that area as well. So
1: we've seen a lot of employers reaching out to school districts and mm-hmm. trying to help any way that they can. Um, we hope to launch this in the very very near future. Um, so as a little bit of a teaser, but we hope to create a uh, website that we've affectionately been calling Connect you um, that will essentially, um, it's a website portal that will connect employers with potential interns. Um, we know that obviously we have several thousand college students that are in York at any given point in time. We know that they're all looking for internship opportunities. Some they find by way of word of mouth or their professor or their advisor. Um, So we would like to create a portal where an employer can go on and list what internship opportunities there are and a potential intern can go and query that and figure out what works best for them Mm -hmm. and better marry those two populations. We know from, again, lots of data that suggests the more internship opportunities that are available to our younger people, the better likelihood is we'll retain them.
0: Um, I want to acknowledge real quickly if um, anybody has picked up on the noise of a lawnmower and a yappy dog. Um, we're just hitting that time in the afternoon. <laughs> um,
1: that was my stomach. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: Kevin always keeps yes. it interesting. <laughs> um, one thing I... The
1: dog I, is really psyched about workforce. It is really excited. Yes, right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it's a beautiful day. Can't it, help that people are enjoying uh, absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, One thing I wanted to touch on, because I think as we later interview different entities in this series, we're going to learn about kind of, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. the stigma related to some of these jobs, the dirty, dangerous um, jobs that unfortunately are not so. um, But there's a perception there. However, there's also work being done with some of the local colleges. Mm-hmm. This is not necessarily an initiative to say no, nobody go to college because there's right. skilled jobs out there. So, can you talk a little bit about how those colleges or how you already have started to kind of work with them? That this is kind of like on all hands on deck,
1: absolutely sort of thing. Yeah, I, I, and I think the colleges even acknowledge the fact that. College may not be for everyone, and at the end of the day, the goal is getting people in jobs where they can be successful. Um, But we've worked very closely with York College for project-based learning. The Yorktown Hotel is a great example where we've got students who are actively working with our team on the Yorktown Hotel's redevelopment, and they're working with Hilton, and and I mean, that's a very, very cool uh, learning experience. We've seen Hack adapt to the needs of the market. Mm -hmm. So welding, we've heard for several years now. That um, welders are in high demand. We've seen Hack create a welding program um, that was basically responding to the demands of the market. Penn State and the Graham uh, entrepreneurial mm-hmm. students over there have been taking on kind of community-based challenges and trying to, you know, better position. We've also talked to Penn State about uh, entrepreneurial um, programming that they can uh, embark upon. So we've really been working from a higher ed perspective on best aligning the needs of our current economy and how those, uh, colleges and can, can best meet those needs. We've also, I mean, we have a great inventory of engineering firms in York County, um, York college recently, they've had engineering for a while. They've recently expanded the engineering program. So again, I think they're seeing, um, the need in the market and they're adapting and responding to it. Yeah.
0: So what are kind of the next steps? What, what's coming down the road? How will you continue to kind of make sure that you're ahead of, of what's going on with this?
2: So with the, the employer needs survey that I mentioned earlier, we're really in that in that phase right now of dissecting all of the information and really trying to come up with some recommendations and ultimately compare that with what comes back from the job seeker survey that the service agencies are going to be taken on. And where do we identify, how can we identify those gaps and opportunities and say, okay, these are our top three priorities. And then how do we take that back to our industries and break up some of our, our establishing committees by industry and mm-hmm. say, okay, this is the top skill that's that's coming across from your industry is this how does this reflect reflect with what you're hearing from your from your businesses and how do we really move the needle on that? We've also been talking of uh, enhancing our talent attraction packages and our marketing of, as Kevin mentioned, career exploration and how do you get become familiarized with what's available in the trades. Um, so whether that's um, looking at some some videos or some marketing to expose individuals and also their families because sometimes it's also the families that may not want to see their child. After all, all the great work and, and labor that they've put in of, of bringing that, their children up, they don't want to see them go into what they would consider a factory yeah. or a, a shift type right. of job. Um, but we want to be able to encourage and impo- and educate them that you can make about sixty thousand dollars in a manufacturing job right out of school, right out of school, or a training program. You can ex- you can go into the workforce without any college debt. Um, right now, it's the average is about $34,000 in student loan debt for someone pursuing a traditional four-year degree. So how do we really um, m- marry the awareness side to the information that's coming from our survey? Mm. So I think from, from that sense, really measuring where we go from there. Yeah,
1: and I think you'll continue to see, uh, hopefully, anyway, um, the advent of new programming or... Um, kind of niche-targeted programs. I'm thinking, again, kind of just back to your college, having offered a hackathon, uh, a startup weekend. I think you're seeing much more um, of the entrepreneurial network of support programs Mm -hmm. and and organizations come together to better support the entrepreneurial causes. Um, So I think you'll continue to see, hopefully, the community test things and try them out and see what works, what doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Um, We have our own internal goal of meeting with, X number of CEOs and companies per year across those major employee, employment industries. Again, just to kind of keep our finger on the pulse of what their needs are, and and have a, a best uh, sense of, of uh, what the community needs. Mm-hmm. And I know we've met with seventy something in this yeah. past we're several over, months.
2: Over over a hundred businesses that we oh. have engaged with as part of a program called Engage. Yep. So oh. <coughs> yes. Engaged. Yeah.
1: Yes. Um. And I you know, we hope to roll out a major employer council um, where we're really tapping CEOs or the equivalent of a CEO in, in the company. Um, and particularly on this first uh, initiative of really looking at um, what we can do and what these CEOs can do as employers, major employers, to better impact diversity and inclusivity in our community. Um, we know that there are some employers doing really, incredibly, thoughtful and deliberate things on building more diverse candidate uh, recruitment uh, processes in their own organizations. So we'd like to highlight that. We'd like to develop what, what is a menu of best practices and then hopefully grow that coalition so that we can recruit other CEOs mm-hmm. who may not be doing it, not because it's not important, but it's just not on their radar and they're busy. Um, but we know that um, there are some companies that are doing good stuff that we'd like to highlight. We know that there are companies doing good things about being more welcoming of a, of an, of a workplace. Mm-hmm. And th- our future is diverse. So if we're not um, doing as much as we can as a community to attract and retain the absolute best and brightest regardless of their background, their socioeconomic status, their um, their gender, their sexual orientation, then we're not going to be as economically competitive as other regions, because if we're not doing it, others are, mm-hmm. and they'll go elsewhere. So I think that's another one um, that we hope to yet roll out yet this year, and yeah. I think that will be very successful. We'd like to build a movement around it. Mm-hmm. Um, And then I think one of the key data metrics Suli mentioned, not the flashiest of the committees, but probably one of the most important committees of this workforce effort is really building the data that we want to measure success on and and how we basing, you know, what metrics do we measure? Um, One of those criteria uh, that I would like to figure out how to better measure in in our county, which we aren't doing right now, is what does economic mobility look like? Mm -hmm. Um, There are other metro areas that have figured out how to better track it. It's yeah. a difficult statistic, but if you're in your county and you want to move up that economic ladder, how hard is it or how easy is it? Um, depending on your background, your education, socioeconomic status, the zip code you live in, you know, what does that look yeah. like? Uh, <clears throat> and what are the predeterminant factors that we know exist right now that we can help better improve upon? So, so we're going to look to try to figure that one out and wrap our heads around that. But I think going forward, as a country, let alone as a community, I think better understanding what economic mobility looks like in this day and age, I think is important.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to make sure before we close out that we mention
1: um, the Expenditure clinic. Yes. And uh, job fair that's
0: coming up, this should publish right before. So do you want to Give us the the details for folks.
2: Sure. So um, the expungement clinic and job fair is taking place on June 26th at Christmas Attics from 4 to 6 p.m. Registration is uh, is required for this event, but it's an opportunity to come in and meet with an attorney uh, provided through MidPen and the Bar Association at no cost. And they would go over your record and let you know if you qualify for expungement. Um, If and if not, they'll give you information on the pardoning process, and then we'll put you through their uh, their system to see how they can help you uh, receive these, these benefits at no cost to you. And then while you're waiting, you have an opportunity to meet one-on-one with a couple of employers that we ha- we are – Inviting to attend this event and it's at Christmas attics again. It's accessible by bus um, Located right in the heart of the city, but this is a county-wide event um, So if you if your criminal record if those incidents took place in York county You are eligible to attend unfortunately if it took place in another county outside of york You're not able to, they okay. won't be able to help and meet with you
1: okay. If you do not qualify for an expungement but might have a prior uh, conviction record or an arrest record um, we do also have a career fair this fall. Mm-hmm. It's at People's Bank Park. Yes. Um, I don't. We don't. I don't know a date offhand, but check yeah. our website uh, mm-hmm. yceapa.org. Um, but that's we've generally had over 65 employers, hourly positions, salary positions. It really runs the gamut. Mm-hmm. But we also specifically target and ask the employers, are they willing to screen applicants who may have had a prior mm-hmm. conviction? Oh, okay. So if they have and they go, they see a program, and those list of employers who will screen those applicants are uh, readily available. So. So if by chance you do not uh, qualify for the expungement but would, are still having issues getting stable employment, come to this career fair. Okay,
2: And that help, it's helped us really build a list of employers that are willing to hire individuals with criminal records. Um, we've been really active with the Reentry Coalition and serving on their workforce committee, so really being that bridge between employers and yeah. the job seeker population has been really important for us. Awesome. Um, and the only other thing to note is um, bilingual services will be available if you have any okay. uh, language problems as well. See.
1: Someone other than Kevin? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's about the extent.
0: Well, thank you, guys, for coming on. And
1: thank you. Out. Thank you. This is you. awesome. We really appreciate
2: Bangs, it. It's so. very so. exciting. Thank you for...
1: We didn't get in the challenge overnight. We're not going to get out of it overnight. But thank you for helping to lend some uh, broadcast capability oh, to it.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah, our pleasure. Thank you for raising the awareness on it. At the thank end you. of the day, it's all about the awareness. Yeah,
0: for sure. Thanks so much for listening. For more information on Our York Media and our Good News Initiative, you can visit ouryorkmedia.com. This episode was sponsored by Continental Paper Grading. We appreciate your attention and give bonus points for those who subscribe. The Our York Media podcast is produced by Will Hanlon and Caleb Robertson. I'm Rebecca Hanlon. Thanks so much for listening.